0: Can everybody hear me? Yep. I'm all undone at the back. (laughs) Praise God. Um, Just by way of explanation, we as a church have always been keen to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And... And that's what our our aim has always been. But over the last couple of weeks, we have been so, I guess it is just, we are are being so focused by the Holy Spirit just to be so in tune with what he wants to do in our lives as a church. And over the last couple of weeks, you might have felt some, a, a lot of silence at times comes into the church and nothing's happening. Don't think that's because we don't know what to do next. It's because what we're doing is we're trying to really focus in on Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to the church? What do you want to do in the church? We don't want to be a church of routine. We don't don't want to be even a church of structure, even though God loves structure. We just want to be so keen to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you, if if you're following the world news which i I, I don't tend to like to do that but if you're following things that are going on in the world we are certainly coming into a time of great disruption in the world and so i reckon it's just paramount that we listen to the holy spirit and do what he wants us to do as a church because we need to be part of the gathering that's going to be done before god comes back before jesus comes back amen and that's not going to happen if we're not doing what the holy spirit wants us to do. So if you if you you know we're just we're we're just really mindful that we want to be part of that what holy spirit wants to do. So if there are times of silence it just means that we're waiting on God. Lord, what do you want to do? It's not about now we're going to do this and now we're going to do that. It's God, what do you want us to do at this time, holy spirit? What do you want us to come into your presence right now at this time? And that's so important. So don't get all uncomfortable and out of sorts because there's silence. That's a good thing. As long as we're not silent for 50 minutes, that would be not a good thing. But anyway, that's got nothing to do with what I'm going to preach. I just thought I'd use that as an explanation. So today I'm going to talk out of Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31. All the people said, "Oh." And I'm going to. The heading of my uh, sermon is sacrificial love. So, if you want to put that down as a heading. Now, this 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 proverb thirty one. I'm going to preach today out of the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. I just think that it says it a lot better than what the King James version does. And we're going to preach out of this, and this proverb is in actually is in two parts it's in two parts and so it's it's the words of king lemuel is how it's pronounced which is a is meaning devotion to god that's who he was and it's the sayings or an oracle that his mother taught him when he was a young king now we don't know who this lemuel was There's a whole lot of different things, uh, different um, theses on who he should be. Some say he was the king of masses, some say he was Hezekiah, some say he was Solomon. No one really knows who he was, but he was a young king. And so his mother said to him, while he was a very young king, this is good advice for you to hang on to. And so we'll start here, and it says there in Verse 1, the sayings of King Lamuel contain this message which his mother taught him. Now listen to this. This is so intimate. The first sentence, the first verse is so intimate. It's a woman who just is so in love and so intimate with her son. And she says this, Oh, my son, oh, son of my womb, Oh, son of my vows. I mean, she just loves this boy, this young man. She said, Oh, oh, son of my vows. You are the son of my my loving marriage, my husband. You are the result of the intimacy of my husband. Oh, son of my vows. Do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings... O Lamule, to guzzle wine, rulers should not crave alcohol, for if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying and wine for those in bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves ensure justice for those being crushed yes speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice so we see the first verses one to nine is talking about this is how you should be as a king to the people but you know what this is should only not be that this is how a pastor should be to his church this is how a, a leader of life group should be to their life group. This is how a husband should be to their wife. And broke those things, that first nine verses broken down as saying, one, holiness. Your first thing should be holiness. You should have lead a life of holiness. You notice that she's not talking about this guy saying, look, I want you to get a great career and a great education, and I want you to make... A lot of money and make sure you're comfortable in your old age and make sure that people do as you say. No, she says exactly opposite of that. Your first point is, one, you should be holy. You should lead a life of holiness. Secondly, you should, verses 4 to 7, you should lead a life of sobriety. And that She's actually talking about having too much wine there. But sobriety means sober of of spirit, sober of heart. We should not be um, overindulgent or thinking that we're someone that we're not. And the third comparison in verses 8 to 9 is about being a compassionate king. They're the three things that she thought was the most important thing to this young king. Holiness, sobriety and compassion. If you live a life of those three things, you're going to be someone that can lead people, someone that can be so compassionate towards people, not overindulgent. And we've seen this in churches lately. And and I've got written here. These verses are filled with solemn warnings against vices to kings and to men who who are also susceptible to this. Immorality, overindulgence, unrighteous rule and indifference to those in need. Now, that is a lot of churches, mega-churches today. We don't want to be like that. This woman says, you know what? If you rule, if you're a life group, if you're our husband who rules with holiness, sobriety and compassion, you will do well. You will do well. And people will follow you. People will follow your lead. People will see that there's God in you. And that's what we want. She never mentioned good education or any of that, but these are the things that we need to follow. So that's our first nine verses. So she does this in two things. And then she says, now this is an important thing, you need to find a wife of noble character. You need to be a king of holiness, sobriety sobriety and compassion. But in order for you to be able to do this, you need someone that's going to walk with you. And you need to have a virtuous woman to walk with you. And this is what I want to talk about today. Now, I've never done, believe it or not, a Mother's Day message. This is the first one I've ever done. Because when I was a young preacher, I never thought it was my place to get up and start telling women, mothers, how they should live their lives. I thought i got no idea how they should live their lives. So I used to get the elder women in the church to get up and preach the messages. And they were good, because mothers know what mothers need. So this is my, if you like, my first message today is a Mother's Day message. So I have to tread carefully. You know, I'm not going to get in trouble by all you women. I'm like, to this day, I'm still scared of women. They, they bother me. So I'm treading carefully and I'm not not trying to point the finger at anybody. I'm not trying to say this is how you live. I'm just simply referring to what the Bible says. So don't shoot the messenger. (laughs) Now I was doing some research and this was a pastor's opening message back in 1991 to his church. Now he's got a big church. I'm going to read this, and see if it relates today. This was remind. Remember, this was 35 years ago, and this is how he opened a Mother's Day message. He said, "Today, when you see a woman in advertising, you see a woman with a briefcase sailing down a crowded street late for work, or you see a woman in tights doing aerobics, or a woman in skimpy bathing suit, half exposed, with little interest." in her virtue. And of course our society today has turned the tables on honouring women and that's the kind of women our society honours. The women of this particular era, the modern woman, sort of looks like this. She works, she builds her career, she demands equal pay, she refuses to submit to her husband, demanding equality with him in everything she has, an affair or two and a divorce or two. Remember, this is a pastor of a big church. This is his opening words to his congregation on Mother's Day, 35 years ago. She exercises her dependence. She relies on her own resources, doesn't want her husband or children to threaten her personal goals and often has her own bank account. She hires a maid or a cleaning service, eats out at least 50% of the time with her family or without them, provides assorted boxes of cold cereal and some leftover coffee as a standard breakfast for her family. Quick frozen meals are the usual dinner fare and expects her husband to do his share of the housework. She is tanned, conferred, she's robe-sized into a bodybuilding shopping machine, living up to the fashion trends. Makes sure she can compete in attending, getting contests, puts the kids into daycare centre, makes sure every one of them has a TV, radio or boombox, well of course these days it's a laptop, it's not a boombox anymore, in, in their room so they can be entertained and not bother her. And while they're exposed to brainwashing of a moral materialistic society, she cultivates her own interest. She is usually opinionated, demands to be heard from an eager to fulfil all her personal ambitions and the world unfortunately applauds her. She can't stay happy and she usually can't stay married and the kids get into drugs and she doesn't put them on drugs herself. She is a far cry from the excellent woman described in Proverbs 31. There is no difference from that 35 years ago. Women are still that today. And you know what? Women are in three categories these days. There are the raging feminists, And there are the ones in the middle who really don't know. They're just trying to live out an existence and do the right thing. And then down here is the Christian woman who is trying to live by the very best she can, live by God's standards. And if you watch any sort of TV or you watch the socials, this top group here, this feminist group, are just demanding that these women, these Christian women, change their lives because there's something wrong with them. There was a professor, she's 85 years old now, but her her name was uh, Professor Vivian Gornick. And she was a professor of Illinois University. And she once said, she's still writing essays today, but she's written several books and she's done a lot of essays. She said one time to her students, remember one thing, a housewife... Is an illegitimate profession. That's what she was teaching her pupils. A housewife is an illegitimate profession. That was back in the 70s. And so today I'm trying to balance that out. See, I believe today that the Christian woman is the most maligned, marginalized woman on earth today. The Christian woman pastor was saying last week that he believes that the kids today are under so much pressure and he's right. But the Christian woman is so much under pressure these days to be something that she hears that that's what they want her to be or the middle ground where women just are just trying to live out their existence. They're not trying for anything special, they're just existing. But you know what? God wants the Christian woman, God wants the Christian mother to excel not because they're a can-do woman no, that's not no. you hear women preaching at these conferences yeah, you're a can-do woman you're a can-do woman because God has made you that way not because that's what you've got to become God has made you that way and what we need to do as women, or not me, what you need to do as women is to walk into that walk into what God has already made you 1 Samuel 6, 7 says this, For the Lord does not see as man sees, for a man looks at the outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now what we're about to see through these next few verses is the ideal woman. It's a a woman that, that the mother was saying to the king, look, this is an ideal woman. It's probably not even possible to get there but it's the ideal woman. It's not a real woman. It's the ideal woman. It's a virtuous woman. That's why he said they're hard to find. But you know what? I believe that every woman in this church this morning and every woman that's listening online can walk into this under the power of the Holy Spirit, under the name of Jesus, and in the Word of God can walk into this because this is who they were created to be. This is who you were created to be. And we as men really need to understand that women, you know what? Mothers are the glue to the family. Mothers are the glue to any family. Without mothers, the family, you know what? They suffer. You say, well, you know, they're just words. No, they're not words. Over 53 years of marriage to three different wives and I'm not going into that story. You don't need to know that. I haven't been divorced either so I don't think that. But I have recognised the fact that women are the glue to any family. You know what, with all the welfare and all that sort of stuff these days, a a man can sort of get by but a woman... Is the glue to the family. She's the one that knows how to nurture. She's the one that knows how to, to educate. She's the one that knows what the children are thinking before the children uh, children are doing it. Because that is the way that God has made her. That's their DNA. And trying to be something else is never gonna fit. You're gonna be pushing against you're gonna be pushing against the waters all the time because that's not the way you were built. These feminists have Barking up the wrong tree. They're thinking they're going to achieve this, and they're going to achieve that, and they're going to achieve something else. They're achieving absolutely nothing. You see them on TV. They are the unhappiest people in the world. And then there's the ones that are in the middle. They've got no idea. They're just trying to get by. But the Christian woman is a special woman. And you don't have to achieve anything because... That's who you are. You just need to walk in it. Amen? So let's get through this. And it's not something that you're going to be able to perform. It's not something that you're going to be able to do on life group nights or when you're with your friends or, or, or on Sunday. Because you know what? God is looking at your heart. He's not looking at the outward appearance. He's looking at your heart. In ministry, God looks at our heart. If you're a life group leader, God looks at your heart. If you're a husband, God looks at your heart. He's not interested in all the prefab. He's interested in what's going on in your heart. Are you really surrendered to this thing? So the first verse in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious Than rubies. Number one, it speaks of a woman, a Christian woman, a loving mother, is a woman of dignity. She's a woman of dignity. She knows who she is. She doesn't have to make it up as she's going along. And I was just trying to think of the other think through this and think, I, I know a couple of women of dignity. And you wouldn't know who they were, so there's no good me describing them. But you know what, and I'm not a monarchist, and I'm not a republican. I I think we're under a good system. We should live that way. But I see the Queen was a woman of dignity. From a very early age, she knew what her, her position was, and she walked in that no matter once, no matter what come her way. And there was only one time when she didn't read the public well was when Diana died. But other than that, she was a woman that she knew her place. And no one was going to stir her out of that place. No one was going to change her mind if she knew, she knew her position in life and she'd done it to the best of her ability. A woman of dignity. And I see Christian women as women of dignity. I see them across the church today. Women of Dignity. They know who they are. They know who they are in God. They love it. They love being that person that keeps the family together. Their whole ideal in life is to be a a woman who secures her family in love. So number one, they're women of dignity. dignity. Versus, what's it say there in... um, Proverbs 12.4 A worthy wife is a crown for her husband but a disgraceful woman is like cancer to his bones. (laughs) That's a good saying. Worthy wife is a crown for her husband but a disgraceful woman is like cancer to his bones. Number two verses 11 and 12. Let's read those. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good not harm all the days of his life. You know, the greatest thing in a marriage is to be able to trust your partner. Many things go on in a marriage over many years and things can fall down, things can rebuild up again. But once you lose trust, it says it's like a cancer to your bones. It's very hard to rebuild that trust. But a husband, a husband who can trust his wife he can be out and doing what he needs to do and know that he doesn't have to worry about anything that's going on at home because his wife is trustworthy he knows that his wife is never going to do him any harm he knows that his wife is going to look after the kids his wife's going to look after everything that means, needs to be done in that family that's not always been the case with Australian women you know I I was in the funeral industry for a lot of years and the amount of women that used to come in after their husbands had died and they'd say, I don't know anything about the money. I don't know anything about the pin numbers. I don't know where any of the money's kept. I don't even know how to pay the electricity bill. This old-fashioned thing about, like in the old days, the men would go off to war and they'd lock everything up. They'd lock all the jewelry and everything up so that the women couldn't get to it. It'd be like, you know, I'm going, I'm going on a trip and I'm going to take all your credit cards. That's not the way to trust, that's not the way to have a wife want to submit to you if you're not going to trust her. The woman is so trustworthy, the woman can look after a family, the woman needs the, knows the needs of the family. You know, what my mother, after my father died, my mother said to me one day, You know, something she said, I was married for 60 years to this man and I never knew how much money he made of per week. That was just the way it was. Never had a clue how much money he made. And we never knew how much money he's made. So that's different today because everything's electronically put into your bank. But in those days you were paid in a pay packet by cash. And he just he used to just hand it over to mum and she had to make up for the rest. So it says there she brings him no harm all the days of her life. And then number three, it says she is a woman of great diligence... Verses 13 to 19, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes in to inspect the field and she buys it. And With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong and hard-working. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night." Now, she's all about making money. She's all about providing for her family. Her family is the most important thing in her life under God. Now, she's not out there to build a career. She's not out there worrying about where the glass ceiling is. She's not worried about what I look like in front of other women. She's not worried about what the socials say. She's not worried about what the TV people say. She, Her purpose in life is to secure a secure place for her family and she will do what is ever necessary to do that. One of my fondest memories is when I was a young kid, I used to go up every holidays up to Mendora, and it's outside Dubbo, and we used to go up there like the, I think it was the early holidays, the middle holidays, and the Christmas holidays, and some of my fondest memories was of a morning dark, because I've always been an early riser, I'd wake up and I could hear Nana rustling in the kitchen. This was while it was still dark. And what she was doing, she was stoking the oven with wood and, and and so when we finally all got out of bed, you'd go out to the table. In those days, breakfast, man, it was breakfast. So you'd go out and you'd have slices of hot bread that thick and you'd have chops and you'd have tomato and eggs and cereal and that's how they sent their men off to work. She was up before dawn making sure that her family was well fed before they went out for the day. Now she didn't see that as being a slave. She seen that as being part of her sacrifice of love to make sure her family was in a good place, to make sure her family were right for the day so they could do what they were supposed to do. She was a woman that made sure that everything she'd done was profitable. And it says there in, in verse 24... The way she done it the extra I mean people today say, well you know I've got to go out to work to how to provide money for the extra mortgage rates the interest rates that are coming in that's fine that's, that's good do that but it's not about making you yourself a career it's not about you being something special to your friends and simply you are securing the benefit to your family that's a good that's a that's a Proverbs 31 woman and that's when you're going to feel your happiest that's when you're going to feel most fulfilled she is a woman of great village we said that she is a generous woman verse 20 she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her her arms to the needy she is always on the lookout for someone who is worse off than herself and someone who wants to, to help people out has compassion on someone. Someone that will walk with them when they're in need. Someone that gives someone a, a, a helping hand or, or a shoulder to cry on. She's a generous person. Verse 25, she's courageous. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. She knows her place in God. She just knows who she is in God. Ladies today, just know who you are in God. You don't have to work for this. Once you gave your life to Jesus, you become a daughter of the Most High God. You don't have to slave for this. This is going to be something that's so very natural to you. Why? because you're nurturing and looking after your family. You are a virtuous woman. Verse 26. She is a woman of great wisdom. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything her household, in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Now we're not talking about being browbeaten here. We're not talking about someone lording it over you. She does this because she loves her family. She does this because, as it says there in the very first verse, oh, and she's talking to us, oh the son of oh my son, the son of my womb, the son of my vows. She does this because she loves her family so much. That's why she does it. It's a sacrifice of sacrificial love not because she has to not because someone's forcing her not because someone is ruling it over her but simply because this is in a Christian woman's DNA she loves her family she'll do anything for her family number seven she is a woman of great devotion First to God and then to her family. Verse 28 to 31. Her children stand, listen to this, this is, this is so wonderful. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Ladies, you surpass them all. Christian women, you surpass them all. You don't have to worry about what the socials or what the feminist movement's saying. And you can say to those great numbers who, who are just in the middle, not knowing what they really should be doing, you can say, you know what? Give your life to Jesus. And God will change your heart and give you divine direction for the rest of your days. You, know, might, you might have to go out to work. You might have to be up before dawn and go to bed in the dark. But you know what? It's because you are so in love and so attached and you are such a nurturer to your family that this is not a struggle. It's not a struggle. It's because you love your people, it's because you love your family. That's what it's because. I've got here men, and this is, I'm going to start on the men now. Men are to create a safe and secure environment under God for women to thrive. Men, we need to stay out of the way of woman's divine rights to her family. Now, we're there to be the overall, if you like, functionality of the head of the family, but the wife is so much more in tune with the family that we need to take her guide on these things. We're not to lord it over her, not to rule it over her. We're not to say, you know what, I want to create an environment for you, for you that you might thrive and be the woman under God that God wanted you to be. Do I hear an Amen. Now, I'm going to finish off this. I I don't want to preach long today because I know it's Mother's Day and people need to do what they need to do. We know about that verse in Ephesians 5.20. It says, you know, women submit yourselves unto the husband and so forth and so forth and so forth. And then it goes on to say, "And, and men, love your wives as Christ loved the church. We probably should change that verse around. It should be... I want to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Christ gave his life for the church. He wept over his church. He said to the people, "If only I could get Jerusalem, he said, if "Only I could gather you as chicks." And just show you how much I want to love you. You know, the church is the only thing that Jesus ever built. Didn't build anything else, but he built his church. Do we love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her? We do that, then the verses reverse. Then the women will submit to their husbands. You know why? Because they feel security in that. Because they know they can thrive in that. Because they're not going to be lauded over or questioned about what they're going to do or how they're going to behave. But they can walk in concert with their husbands knowing that their husbands aren't just going to rule it over them. And you know why the husbands aren't going to rule it over them? Because they love them so much and they want to see them thrive. They want to see them be that person that God designed them to be. Not something they have to achieve, but just something they walk in because that's who they are. Sometimes it's, I just think it would be so good. Well, no, I don't really. It's so good to be a woman I couldn't stand it, really. <laughs> I thought I just had to say that. I just like, I just like being a man. But you know what? I, can, I When you see a woman th- thriving in that environment, it just makes you feel so good. And especially if you're part of the reason why she can thrive in that environment. You know what, I, I, for 50 years I, I had a certain way of, um, I thought I used to rule the family and all that sort of thing. And, you know, sometimes they make mistakes. A lot of the times they make mistakes. And then, you know, you sort of work it out. And you know, then you'd be sort of starting to say, oh, we're going to do this now. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. You know what, my prayer lately for the last few years has been this. Lord, don't change my wife, but Lord, change me to be the husband that God wants for her. Now, that's a big call for a husband. Lord, you change me to be the husband that God wants for her. You start praying that prayer, men, and start seeing the change in your wife. Now you know what, I might be preaching to a whole lot of guys that have got this whole thing under control and their women, women just think they're marvellous and they put them up on heroes. But uh, you know what, for me, I know that to get the very best out of my wife, I need to be the person that God wants me to be for her. And that is to be, as a function, to be the head of the family. That is for me to be the the person that she comes to when she needs to cry on someone's shoulder or she needs to offload or she needs to ask advice of. And for the the things that go on outside the home and men at work, they, they are rulers of their own kingdom out there. They can do what they need to do out there to be good providers. But this Proverbs woman this Proverbs 31 woman is a is the is what the Lord is showing this young king that if you have a wife like this, that what she already is, not what she has to work hard for, but that what she already just needs, she just has to walk in it. You're gonna have such a great helpmate that you are gonna be able to do whatever the Lord wants you to do. Do you know that's a fact? That's why women were created out of a man's side not to be trampled on or not to be ruled over but to walk alongside church if only we understood this and if only the holy spirit would get this deep down into our spirit into our flesh man that if we've done this right if we've done what the word of god says We would have such powerful families. We would be such a powerful witness to people out there in the world that really are undirectional. They've got no idea where they're going. They've got this thing, they're stabbing at this thing that they think they know it all. They've got no idea. But a family under God who is working under the rules and the wisdom and the direction of God the very thing that, the, that they're, they're actually made for, we can do great things for God. Do great things for God. Because there's an even balance. The men, their function is to rule the home as a function. It's the same in the church. The pastors are no better than what we are, but their function is... Under God it's been given to rule the church. The Holy Spirit speaks to them and then they speak to the church. It's a function. And you honour that function. The same as women should honour the function of the head of the home, which is the husband. But if they don't feel safe and secure, if they don't trust, if they think that everything they say is going to be scrutinised And told, no, that's not right. I want it done this way. You know what? You're not going to get the best out of your women. You're not going to get the best out of them. You're not going to get the best out of their children because they will take the lead from their mother. And then that perpetuates to their family. It's such an important thing. And I want everybody to know today This is not about pulling women down. It's about building women. It's about telling women who they are. They're so great in the sight of God. Men, let us get on board. Let them have their way. Let them be creative. Let their creative juices flow. Let them be resourceful. Let them be the nurturers. Let them be the, the ones that just know by wisdom. You know, there's a, it's a funny thing that wisdom is personified in the Bible as being a female. That's their mistake. Because you know why? Females are a lot smarter than what we are. I'm not being degraded to men. It's a fact. They're switched on. We're hunters and gatherers. Get out there, do what we need to do, kill the the sheep, bring it home, hang it up, chop up the chops, get into bed, be intimate, get back out, go back out and hunt the sheep. We're good at that. But we need the women at home that we can just say, you know what, I can go out and do that because I know that the woman, my wife, can take care of everything else. Let's be brave, men. Let's start off with this sacrificial love. What's John 3, 16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son sacrificial love sacrificial love and what the woman does what her DNA is is sacrificial love and when she walks in that she is the Proverbs 31 woman not because she's got a strain at it not because she's got a hope that that's what's going to happen but she's walking in what she was designed for and that will be a fulfilment to her life. Muses, could you come up? And Ross is going to close. I'm not going to have an altar call today. And you know why? Because these are things that you should just ponder on and think about. And I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And I'm just telling you, I'm just preaching these things because you know what? I've been around for more than 70 years and I'll tell you, the world's not getting in, a, in better shape. It's getting in a worse shape. And God's got a plan for our lives. God's got a plan that we can prosper and do great things if we follow his lead and follow his pattern. So let's just think about that today. You might walk out of here and you won't think any more about it except to say that guy was just pulling down women. Far from it. I just think that women are the greatest species on the planet. I love women. I love women. I love the way they they just do stuff. I love the way they can put things together. I love the way they can just multitask. Mate, give me more than two things to do and I'm shot duck. Can't do it. But women are just, that's who they are. Walk in that, women. Don't be pulled down by it. Don't say that's not me. Don't say I don't want to do that because it's not the way women are today try it and see that the lord is good father we just thank you today father i just pray that lord you will just translate this word by your holy spirit into people's lives i pray father that lord they will see that i'm not trying to denigrate or pull down women that lord that i am trying to encourage them to be who god created them to be that they will walk this planet, this time of life in fulfillment, dear God. Not wondering about who they are or what they should be doing, but they walk it in fulfillment, knowing that God has destined them to be women, children, daughters of the Most High God. So, Father, I just give you this time of this word, Lord, and I pray that, Lord, you would just minister to people's hearts through it. I ask it in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thanks, uh, Kevin, for that. That was uh, really good. I, um, one thing I really noticed there, and um, I've really been blessed by, is something I God's shown me as a husband, is to be praying, how can I love my wife? What can I do? And I pray that every day. But, you know, how can I? And, and I'm actively looking for that. And, and that's where it comes from. It's from him. It's his love throwing through us. So.